What's up, everybody? This is your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess, and I am back with a brand new episode for y'all today. Hope everybody's having a great day out there. Hope everybody's having a great week, and I hope everybody has a great weekend as well, too, coming up. Yes, I know backlash is this weekend. Everybody going to be in Saudi Arabia. Everybody going to be lit. Turn it up. And I'm going to be excited when backlash is. I know it's like it's going to be in Saudi. Like I said, it's going to be like pretty early, like what, 1 p.m. Eastern time, like 10 a.m. like Western time. So if y'all don't have Peacock, you better go <laughs> sign up and watch. Go watch Night Champions. I know it's going to be lit. I know, you know, there's some shit that happened on Monday Night Raw with Cody. Hope he's okay to compete and everything. But I know Cody can't catch a break. But at the same fucking time, each and every week, I got a banger of a podcast for y'all. And you already know how this intro goes. Grab your popcorn. Grab your drinks. Go sit com- somewhere comfortable with you, your homeboy, your girl, just chilling by yourself. And let's get right into today's episode. So, first topic on the list, since, like I said, Backlash is this coming Saturday afternoon. I am hyped, I am excited, and I am looking forward to all the matches that I have. And probably there's maybe like one more match on that list. Um, But I am looking for everything. Of course, obviously, United States Championship is not going to be on that on that match, on that, you know, on the match card, which is a little bit sad, but I'm still looking forward to everybody doing a thing. And mostly I think like everybody on this list is going to retain regardless anyway, even some matches that, you know, we just probably don't need, but majority of them that we do fucking need, you feel me? And we're starting off with the main event because honestly there is three main events at that's going to be at Night of Champions, that's right, not one, not two, not three. Sorry, not one, not two, but three main event matches at Night of Champions in Saudia. And I am excited, I am hyped, and I'm looking forward to everything that WWE has to bring. Starting with the first match we got on the list, Cody Rose versus Brock Lesnar. And honestly... How obviously Brock Lesnar's getting his getting it back in blood because obviously he lost in Puerto Rico to Cody Rhodes in a controversial roll up pin, and obviously now that obviously even Cody Rhodes got the first W, I hope this is their last match, honestly, and then they can move on to something, or it's going to be probably a best out of three, or it's going to be all three matches. I I don't really know, but on last. Last week on Monday Night Raw, obviously, Brock did Cody dirty as hell and F5'd him through a table and said, Night of Champions of me versus you one-on-one again. And, like, yesterday on Monday Night Raw, no, nothing changed. Just Brock brutalizing the fuck out of Cody Rhodes and probably potentially broke his arm before their, their main event match at Night of Champions. Because... Literally put this. I forgot what type of lock this man or what type of submission lock uh um Brock Lesnar has, but he put him in his signature uh uh submission lock or submission hold and possibly broke his arm. Like obviously, if you saw moments, you know, in the beginning of the show, Cody didn't even fully walk into the arena. Didn't even get none of his gear on or nothing. Just completely got brutalized 
Bri Brock Lesnar threw this man into chairs, threw this man into ladders, threw this man onto like a whole like gate and basically probably fractured his fucking fingers and shit, probably broke his fucking like all his fingers and then in in the ring literally did more damage to him and potentially broke this man's arm. Literally probably broke this man's arm going into Night of Champions. So, and honestly, I don't know how this shit's going to play out. I really don't because if we got to see another shit where Cody Rhodes going to be out for another fucking six to eight months like they did at Hell in a Cell when he had a torn peck and faced Seth Rollins inside a Hell in a Cell, which was very fucking impressive, by the way, going back to that match. So I don't know if they're going to have him going into this match with a broken arm and having him win this match and beating Brock Lesnar. Honestly, they should have this match into a no holds bar because since is since Brock is getting brutal, you might as well have no rules in this match. None. No rules and put it as a no holds bar match or a hell in a cell match or a false count anywhere's match or a last man standing match. Just let them brutalize and beat the living shit out of each other, man. Because if this is what's Brock doing to get his lift back, to make his statement be known. Honestly, get it back in blood, my dude. Get it back in blood. Cause at this point, this is this is what this is what we're gonna do. This is exactly what's gonna happen. Make it into one of those simulations, stipulations, like I said, and let Cody get it back in blood. Let Cody get it back in blood and let Cody do more damage than what he did at Backlash in Puerto Rico because that that a little bit damaged was just a sliver. A sliver of what Cody is capable of. Just like what he did to Seth Rollins at Backlash. Sorry, at um at Hell in a Cell a year ago. Give him that same opportunity to what he did to Seth Rollins so that he can do the same shit, if not far more worse, to Brock fucking Lesnar. Just let it happen. Just let it happen, WWE. Let it happen, Triple H. Next match we got on the list is the second main event match for the undisputed WWE tag team titles where the head of the the head of the table tribal chief Roman Reigns and the enforcer of the bloodline Solo Sokoa with sneaky ass Paul Heyman the advocate in the back going against Sami Zayn, the loving second overall babyface of the WWE, Sami Zayn, versus his partner in crime, best friend, family member, all-around best homeboy of all time, KO Kevin Owens. And I know, yes, this right now, this is kind of like a whole meme, Roman Reigns, four-belt Roman, you know, WWE champion, universal champion, and probably potential Raw and SmackDown tag team champion along with Sol Sokoa. And as much as I know this match is going to be a banger on this list, Roman does not need four fucking titles. He, he doesn't need it. Like, like I said in my last episode, if this man wins these titles, man, this nigga is now Thanos of WWE. Like I said in my previous episode, if he wins four fucking titles, bro, he is now officially called Thanos of WWE. Because 
now, like, look, he, he's already undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Now you're going to make him an undisputed WWE Tag Team Champion? Fuck no, bro. And what what you gonna what you gonna need next? You want him to have become United States and then I see no 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 we're not we're not doing that. As much as I love Roman, as much as I love Solo Sokoa, and as much as I love Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, Sami and Kevin is gonna retain. Obviously, I know Sami and Kevin Owens is gonna retain at Night of Champions. Why? Because I know the Usos is gonna cause Solo Sokoa. And Roman Reigns, them titles at Night of Champions. And obviously, I think that's where Roman's going to draw the line with the Usos and probably just kick them out for good. Either Solo's going to Samoan spike both of their asses, or I don't even know what the fuck's going to happen, honestly, at, at Night of Champions. I really don't know. But all I know is that Sammy and KO is going to retain the undisputed tag team titles. Simple. It's simple. Next one we got on the list. The World Heavyweight Championship, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles in the third main event match of the night, of that night, I should say. And these are two wonderful competitors, wonderful champions, former world champions. AJ Styles, a former WWE champion, and then my boy Seth freaking Rollins, a former Universal and WWE champion. Two big-time superstars that haven't won gold in a long time. Rollins will not uh, haven't became world champion four years. Uh, AJ Styles hasn't, become champ- hasn't been champion for like maybe six-plus years. And it's it's about time that one of these two hold the world title, honestly. Because this, this can go just like... With Cody, just like with Cody and Roman at WrestleMania 39, this match at 90 Champions can go either way, man. It, this is 50 50 right now. Seth Rollins can be, you know, World Heavyweight Champion, which is everybody, that's what everybody's going for. Or you can do the audible twist and have AJ Styles become World Heavyweight Champion. Either way, this match will be crazy insane. It's going to be hella insane. I can see WWE either. Picking one of these two to be world champion because, honestly, both of them deserve it. I know it's been a minute for both of them that they have held world title gold in a long-ass time between the both. But, honestly, I'm fine with whoever wins this title. I really am. As much as I love Seth Rollins to win this, I also want AJ Styles to win this title, man. Because it's it's been a minute since we've seen AJ Styles at the top of WWE. Same with Seth Rollins. It's been a minute since we've seen him at the top of WWE too, man. His last t- like his last title run for Seth Rollins was legit 2019 when he became a two-time Universal Champion. And that's the last time we've seen this man hold Universal like, you know, championship gold. World title gold. And then with AJ Styles, last time we seen him was like, what, 2017 to hold world title gold? So, honestly, I'm fine whoever wins this match, man. It's just, it's a 50-50 match. A lot of people can say AJ Styles. A lot of people say Seth Rollins. But, honestly, it's it's anything goes at this point for me, bro. Because I am fine. I am down to, to whoever wins this match, honestly. All I know is it's going to be a banger of a match. 
I know this should probably be the main event match out of all three of them, but I know that it's gonna be a banger, bro. I'm I'm just I'm just excited to see whoever wins this title. Like on oh, God. Next match we go on the list. Bianca Belair versus Asuka in a WrestleMania rematch for the Raw Women's Championship. And I already know that I, I feel like right now, since obviously Bianca Belair is the reigning, defending Raw Women's Champion and has beaten Becky Lynch's title, I know that even though she, even though Bianca Belair beat Becky Lynch's Raw Women's title reign, I I now know that Raw or sorry that Triple H is basically basically have her become the world's longest like women's champion of all time because right now she is hasn't even dropped the belt once she's retained in all her matches and honestly she's going after Trish Trish Stratus title reign honestly and I know at some point. At somewhere down the line, in the in probably the next couple months or so, maybe like I give it maybe about like the next two and a half months, that obviously Trish there's gonna be a title match between Trish Stratus and and um, Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Champion Raw Women's Championship because Trish Stratus has the longest reigning women's title reign. Of all time. And Bianca is slowly creeping up to her title reign. So I know somewhere down the line, obviously, because I know that I, I know that Oscar's gonna lose. I know that Bianca's gonna beat Asuka and retain her title and not a champion. It's, it's gonna be obvious unless, you know, Triple H booking, he does something and said, nah, this now nah, we're gonna have Oscar be champion now. But unless that happens, I don't see Bianca Belair dropping that title anytime soon. Until maybe she after beats Trish Stratus, uh, Trish Stratus uh, all-time record. But for right now, I know that Bianca's going to retain. I feel like Bianca's going to retain. And I know that, you know, she's going to become the longest women's champion of all time. And it, it's going to happen. As much as I don't want to see this match again, because I know Asuka wants to get it back in blood to get, you know, to become Raw Women's Champion. Like I said before WrestleMania, she don't need the title. Bianca needs this title more than Oscar does, hands down. And this is going to stay on Bianca until she decides to drop the title. Like, oh, God. Next match we have on the list is the Intercontinental Championship on the line. The Ring General Versus the underdog of the WWE, Mustafa Ali. And this, uh, I already know that as much as I want to see Mustafa Ali get pushed like hella hard because let's, let's, let's face it, man. Money, like that time when Brock Lesnar won the money in the bank, that should have been fucking Mustafa that time. Mustafa Ali should have won the money in the bank and... Honestly, now that like we're kind of like, like we're kind of in a way like WWE is kind of retelling that story. Like, yo, Mustafa Ali is is now getting the like you know the push that he deserves. He, he does. Like, I like that they're they're now acknowledging Mustafa Ali because this man has been the underdog for fucking years. Ever since, ever since that slip up at um. 
at Money in the Bank, I think Money in the Bank 2019, when when Mustafa Ali was on that ladder, about to grab that Money in the Bank contract briefcase, and then all you hear is Brock Lesnar's and then at that point, Mustafa should just grabbed that shit quick, let go, and ran out the arena with that Money in the Bank briefcase. But nah, they wanted to see Mustafa Ali buried by Brock Lesnar, who was not even in the match, was not even supposed to be in this match, just came, just showed up, threw Mustafa Ali out of the out of the um out of the ring, literally tossed his ass off the ladder, and he climbed up to the ladder and he won the briefcase. Didn't qualify, wasn't even in the match, just ran through like Mustafa Ali out the ring and he became Mr. Money in the Bank. And at that moment, when Mustafa Ali was supposed to get that big push, they just buried this man until now, which I'm glad. I'm I'm glad that uh I'm really glad now that they're acknowledging Mustafa Ali. So I even though I know that he's not gonna win this match, obviously, because you're going against the longest reigning IC champion of all time, Gunther. So the leader of Imperium. I know that Mustafa Ali is not it's probably not even gonna get come close to winning this match at all. But I know he's gonna try a hell of a long time to try to get that title off of Gunther. Even though it's kind of set up from the beginning that this man was is basically gonna lose this match by far because honestly as much as I love Mustafa Ali, as much as I love that they redeveloped his character and everything, I just know, I just hundred percent know that it's just not gonna happen. It's just, it's just not gonna fucking happen whatsoever. But it, I know it's gonna be a good try. It's gonna be a really good try for Mustafa Ali. But I know that in this match, it's gonna be the ring general Gunther just gonna retain his title. Like real talk, it, it's gonna happen. And I, so, and then the next match we got on the list, and probably the potential next match that will be on this card is Natalia versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Which I feel like it's, it, it's, I know it's gonna happen. Obviously, it's it's gonna fucking happen, and I know this is not really the first match on SmackDown you want to start your reign off of. Even like, even though technically, even though technically, um, Selena Vega was your first, uh, your first, you know, SmackDown Women's, you know, championship. You know, it started your run started off with Selena. I'm basically that's what I'm trying to say. Her run basically started off with Zelina Vega. And, like, just... And that was a good match. Even though Zelina got fucking stomped on, like, hella hard. And lost hella hard. Natalia, for your next opponent, your next opponent, I don't, I don't think that's a good idea. I, I really don't think that's a, a, a good idea at all. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't really... I, I was, like, Natalia's a good wrestler, yes, but she hasn't been, like... Oh, like I, I, I am definitely need to turn into Natalia. She is our A one S tier superstar. No, no, no. As much as I, but I will say this: Natalia is a good like divas or women's wrestler, but she is not a wrestler. I would just tune in to be like, oh, I what what does Natalia has planned next? Like I'm down to see what she has planned. No, no. And every time it's like Natalia in the picture. Like for example, Natalia versus Ronda Rousey at last year's Money in the Bank. That that shit was garbage, bro. That that match was straight up dog doo doo. 
Like, to see Liv Morgan cash in and become, you know, SmackDown Women's Champion was, was a blessing. And honestly, it it made up for Natalia losing or that entire match with Natalia versus Ronda Rousey. It made up, that match made up for, you know, that, that win for Liv Morgan made up for that entire match with Natalia versus Ronda. Like, oh, God. And I... I'm just, I know that Rhea Ripley is going to retain, obviously from the help from the fucking Judgment Day with the with distractions and with shit, unless she wins clean, which more likely she's probably going to win clean anyway with this match. Um, but I know that as much as, you know, yes, we we I've seen Natalia SmackDown Women's Champion. We've seen her Raw Women's Champion. Plus, we've seen her at Tag Team, Women's Tag Team Champion. And all of them were like, all right, all of them are probably like B tier, like C tier, maybe B tier, but I, I don't want to see Natalia become SmackDown Women's Champion again. It's not that she's not, it's not that she's not good, but she just doesn't get me like, oh, I'm like down to see whatever you know they have planned next. For the, no, I'm just, I'm just telling the truth. I know that Rhea Ripley is gonna definitely smash the fuck out of like Natalia when it comes to Night Champions. I just know it. And the last match we got on the list. That was confirmed on Monday Night Raw. Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. And this match I am looking forward to more than Natalia and Rhea Ripley. And I know that in, in this match, obviously Becky's gonna give her a game. Trish is gonna give her a game. And I know I'm just excited to see what happens. I am hundred percent excited to see what happens in this match. Because obviously we have, you know, the modern day, the man, Becky Lynch versus, you know, the country. You know, Hall of Famer Trish Stratus, and we're gonna have, we're gonna we're gonna see the power powerhouse of the of the you know the women's division versus you know the classic Hall of Famer um, Trish Stratus, and obviously this is gonna be like um I, w- I would say for the women it's gonna be the match of the night for the women, not overall the entire pay per view, just for the women alone, because I know I know like Rhea versus Natalia is gonna be mediocre, but I know that. Trish versus Becky is gonna be is, is gonna be the goaded women's match of the night. Oh God. I know that Becky, like I said, Becky is gonna probably just end up destroying the fuck out of Trish Stratus. And, and and I feel like in this match, Lita will probably come back and screw the fuck over Trish Stratus so Becky can get the win. Cause I know that that's gonna happen. And I heard on top of that that this that this uh rivalry is gonna go on between not a champion, SummerSlam, and Money in the Bank as well, too. So we're, we're just going to see what happens with their rivalry, with their feud and everything, and see what happens later on down the road with them. But I know that this match will be a really great match because Becky is the man, you know, and she's done some crazier shit than this. And I'm and I'm down to see her whoop, her, whoop a fucking Hall of Famer's ass. Like, oh, God. But that's all my predictions and my opinions for uh, Night of Champions. Like I said, Night of Champions is this Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Western Time. I am excited for Night of Champions. I am excited there's going to be a lot like uh, Saudi Arabia. And I am excited that we're going to have a three, th- like three match main event, a triple main event. And I'm looking forward to it and I'm look- and I'm hyped for it. And I can't wait to see each and every match on this list at Night of Champions. All right, so the next topic we got on the list, and I feel like this needs to be said by me. If not, there's probably people that already said this, but I'm going to say this anyway. Baron Corbin. 
needs to be the lone wolf again. He needs that character back because his currently her, his current character as Happy Corbin is failing him extremely bad. Like he is failing as Happy Corbin. I mean, yeah, we we saw him like when his downfall after he lost, you know, the king, like you know, King Corbin type title in the Thunderdome. Uh, I think it was like twenty. I think like late twenty twenty one. I think, and after that, we just seen the downfall of Corbin. I mean, I mean, Cor- we did. We, I mean, we still did see. We still, we sorry, we still saw the downfall of Corbin, but not as hard as this. Like after, obviously, after Corbin lost his Lone Wolf character, I think back in, I think twenty eighteen. I think I believe. I think it was 2018 when he lost a whole, you know, lone wolf character, that Corbin, and then he shaved his entire head and, be, you know, he became more of a dick than usual. And I think he was, like, general manager Corbin. And ever since then, that was, like, he was, like, he was a, he was a heel. He was, like, probably one of the hated heels besides Brock Lesnar and shit. But he was, like, one of the hated heels. One of the most, actually, one of the most hated heels, more than Brock Lesnar at the time. In that around that era, and around that PG era, and and we've seen him, you know, beat Seth Rollins injured. We've seen him retire Kurt Angle, even though he shouldn't have retired Kurt Angle. We've seen him have a rivalry with uh with uh Seth Rollins for the Universal Title. I think at back to back pay per views. I don't remember the. I think the first one was Stomping Grounds. The next one was Extreme Rules in like a winner take all for the Universal and you know Raw Women's Championship. Becky versus Seth versus uh, Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin. Um, and then after that, we just seen ever since after that he after the general manager or general manager Corbin, we seen him as King Corbin, and he was King Corbin for. I oh I think close to a year, if not more than that, and the whole King Corbin gimmick died down a long time ago. Like I mean, not down. Like, obviously, King Corbin was just just shitty booty. Like everybody hated his ass. He was more than a heel and ever. And then obviously, him as fucking King Corbin going into that 2019 slash COVID era of us uh, of uh, WWE. Where obviously that whole weird fucking shit where he poured dog food all over Roman Reigns. And that was like a terrible fucking rivalry between them two. And it was just the whole, the whole dog food bullshit between, you know, between Corbin and King Corbin and and Roman was just, God, fucking awful. That was just terrible. And then the entire arena smelled like dog food. And ugh, that, ugh, that shit was just bad. And then. Then we have the King Corbin bullshit leading into, you know, um, into Performance Center slash Thunderdome fucking WWE. And obviously we've seen him on an episode of SmackDown. I don't remember what episode it was in the Thunderdome. But um, he lost uh, his crown to Shinsuke Nakamura. And then we saw Shinsuke Nakamura become King Nakamura. And that was fire. That was fire, not gonna lie. He literally lost his when he lost his crown. We seen like the most worst version of Corbin ever. 
dude was begging for money. Every like, like obviously we've seen this man begging for money. Dude lost everything. I think it was a storyline when he lost his wife, he lost his money, he lost his cars. No one recognized who the fuck he was no more. To the point he stooped so low that he had to steal uh, Biggie's briefcase. Um, when uh, Biggie won uh, the the Mister Money in the Bank in uh, 2020, like Money in the Bank uh, briefcase in 2021, and then you know was he just stole it and was you know traveling from PLE to like or to live show to live show from Raw to SmackDown. And obviously, Biggie was chasing him to get that shit back from Raw to SmackDown, Raw to SmackDown. Fucking live events and shit. Um, after when live events became a thing, and just be just straight, and then after after that, you know, after that shit, because that's a little bit of an era where people started to like Corbin a little bit, even though he's like a begging, like weird bum, fucking wear the same white shirt, same beat up fucking wrinkled pants, had the fucking I think barbecue sauce or marinara stain on his shirt. And he had his, he was growing his fucking hair out again, but in a bad way that he was like an old fucking man where he had like the old man haircut and shit. And it was just, it, it was like a bad version of Corbin, but still a likable character of Corbin. And people started to like him until, you know, he hit that, you know, the lottery as the broke version of Corbin. I think it was like, I think it was like broke Corbin. And then obviously losing the money in the bank. Actually, that kickoff match at SummerSlam 2021, where it was Biggie versus uh, Baron Corbin, and obviously Biggie got his briefcase back. And I think we just like after he got the briefcase, um, after or after he lost, basically after he after Biggie took back his briefcase, we just seen a weird version of Corbin where it was just Happy Corbin, where he just got a little bit of of the taste of the briefcase, and he got lucky, and he got he got rich again, and and then after that, he he you know he got his cars back. People knew what he was again. And Cor- Happy Corbin was was all right after a while. And then it just died. It just the whole shit gimmick just died and was just terrible as hell. And I mean, he's still Happy Corbin till this fucking day, obviously. But obviously, he was Happy Corbin. And then you know you know I think it was Roderick Moss got ruined and his ass got turned into fucking Mad Cat Moss. Um. And then that, you know, that that whole shit. And then after a while, you know, Mad Cat Moss and fucking Happy Corbin got into a robbery. And that shit was somewhat, I not the best, but it was all right. And then um, obviously he was, after a while, he was just tied with JBL and that fucking failed. And at this point, after each and every gimmick, after the Lone Wolf, because the Lone Wolf was his best fucking gimmick. I mean the best fucking gimmick. Even though um this I don't think this man even won either the North American or the NXT championship. As soon as he got onto the main roster as a lone wolf, he had opportunity like he had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity as the lone wolf for the you know for championships. Obviously he was Mr. Money in the Bank. Obviously he was the second person to have a failed cash in money in the bank briefcase. And then, um, obviously, he became United States champion as Lone Wolf, which was a great run, honestly. And it, it, I don't remember how long. It lasted a couple months. I don't remember how much months, but it lasted a couple months. And that character was actually pretty – it, it did pretty well. 
as the you know as the you know as that SmackDown Live era, and I remember he was put into a. I think he was. I think it was at Backlash where he was put into like a six, either a five man or six man, uh, champion championship. Uh, I think it was it was Baron Corbin, AJ Styles, John Cena, Kevin Owens, and I think Sami Zayn as well too. And no, yeah, yeah. Just I had to remember real quick. I, it was Dolph. No, yeah. It was so I think it was Dolph Ziggler. The um AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Kevin Owens, John Cena, and and I think Sami Zayn. And I yeah, it was it was a six man, it was a six man match for the WWE Championship, and that was an insane ass match. I knew AJ Styles retained when that shit happened, and that shit was fire. But I think that was you know besides that, and him as general manager Baron Corbin, and you know. Him with the whole suit and tie and all this type of shit and uh, like all those gimmicks after the Lone Wolf was just not good. It was just not great at all. They were fucking terrible ass gimmicks, including this one that he has now. The whole Happy Corbin shit. And 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 there's an article put out like I think a couple months ago. I think either last year or a couple months ago, where um sometime yeah it was it was, it was sometime last year that Triple H came up with an article that. They just kept giving Baron Corbin these fucking gimmicks after the Lone Wolf, and they just wasn't hitting. They were they were just not hitting because he kept losing match after match after match after match. And at this point, they just made him a fucking jobber because he can't fucking get matches. He can't fucking win matches at all. And I mean, at all. Dude cannot win fucking matches to save his life. I mean, him, I mean, after, I think after the, uh, the general manager stuff, so I remember, I think the last, the I, I was after he became King Corbin, he just lost like a whole bunch of fucking matches. Like I think 2019 was just the start of Baron Corbin's complete downfall, like complete garbage ass downfall because this man kept losing match after match after match after match and. Like, obviously, his main roster run to this day is not even that fucking great at all. It's just fucking garbage as hell. Like, they really... I just feel like what they need to do is bring back that lone wolf persona of him. Just bring that, that back that character. Because even, even though he was, like, a fucking hated heel for a long time as the lone wolf, but it was just, it was like a hated but loved heel at the same time. And honestly, it, it shouldn't have never left that whole lone wolf persona that whole lone wolf character should have never left should have never be like yo let's change your gimmick for good bro that should sh that shit has never left because if that shit had never left we were probably seeing more titles this man would have probably won the intercontinental title if he was still a lone wolf he would probably be a tag team uh, champion as the lone wolf shoot probably if they would have gave this man a great opportunity if Vince knew how to loot, like use him right on the main roster at that time, he would have became WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Real talk, he would became WWE Champion if they knew if Vince knew how to book his ass right. Oh God, just like a couple of people on that list, like Samoa Joe and everybody, and you know Roman being pushed as a heel at that time. Like Baron Corbin is one of the mess, one of the messed up characters. 
besides Samoan Joe and Roman Reigns that they should have just immediately said, like, you know, let's make this man. Let's make this. How how do you hate Baron Corbin more? Put the world title on his ass. Put the WWE title on his ass and have him run with it. And I feel like everybody would have loved his ass but hated him more and more because his promos at the time was actually pretty fucking good. They're pretty fucking solid, and I really liked this shit at the time. But, you know, now with how they're, like, ruining Corbin, because obviously, like like Triple H said, man, they gave this man opportunity after two, after opportunity after opportunity, and this nigga just kept on just losing, just kept on fucking losing. And I think his most memorable match, honestly, is him, is, is two matches in, in my mind. I mean, besides him winning the United States Championship and the, the Mr. Money in the Bank with a failed cash-in. I think besides those couple matches and him, you know, being a, in a world, you know, dope, like in a, in a world uh, championship match with John Cena and AJ Styles and all of them, it, it, it's his only two good-ass matches was fucking, or somewhat of a good-ass match, was... You know, him retiring Kurt Angle, which was never needed. He, he didn't need to retire his ass. Honestly, Roman Reigns should probably be the one retiring fucking Kurt Angle. And when it was the winner-take-all tag team match at Extreme Rules with him and with him and Lacey a. Evans versus Seth and Becky. And that's the only probably two memorable matches that I know. Because everything else, and um, um, by the way, almost forgetting this match, because <laughs> I, I literally almost forgot about it till I till I remember the shit again. Yeah, I remember. Remember, I think there was another there was another match that he did, and it was it was Baron Corbin versus versus um Braun Strowman, and if Braun Strowman beats, obviously, if Braun Strowman beats um Corbin, he is no longer the general manager of Raw. And even though, even though Braun was injured, like, nigga got buried. And I mean, he got buried by so much fucking people. I remember who was in that match or, or not say who was in that match. But I don't remember who was in that ring at all. I really don't remember. But every people, every person that fucking Corbin screwed the fuck over got it back in blood that night and screwed this man over so fucking hard. Hit this man with every fucking finisher that you can think of. I think Kurt Angle was also involved with that match too, because refs, the refs, you know, I I think no, I think Kurt Angle was the ref of that match. I think so. Yeah, yeah, Kurt Angle was the ref ref for that match. I think he was, if I if I'm not mistaken, and and then it, it was just funny as hell. And then after that, obviously because. Braun Strowman was injured and he had a broken arm at that in the you know around that time. And then right after everybody hit their finisher, all this all Braun did was just put one foot on Corbin. One, two, three. That was like the most inter I wanna say it was like the weird but most entertaining match on that fucking on that fucking card. Because everybody was just hitting finishers on this nigga. Every dude that Corbin GM Corbin screwed over on Raw, just came back and bit his ass right in the batuti. <laughs> like, oh god! But even though, like I said, that was probably one of the funniest matches that Baron Corbin has ever had. They, like I said, each and every fucking character that Corbin ever had 
besides the lone wolf is just straight up fucking garbage on god and i feel like king corbin if 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 it's not happy corbin i think king corbin is the worst one on this on the list like fucking lone wolf corbin top tier and then everything else is probably like c to d tier maybe f tier as well too so if there's a way that you can book this man triple h to become the lone wolf again i highly highly recommend that you do because this shit that corbin's doing right now this happy corbin shit is not working out it's not it's really not working out it package this shit ship that happy corbin bullshit somewhere else and make this man the lone wolf again. We need it badly. Badly, Triple H. We need it badly. Next next topic to talk about on this list. And this is something that I said in a previous episode. I think a couple episodes back. And it's, I'm going to say it again. Ro- Roman Reigns. Obviously, he's coming up as, as you know, on his 1,000-day reign. This weekend at Saudi Arabia, which is historical, but Roman should have lost at fucking uh, at Mania, and I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it again, like I did last time. Roman should have lost the title at Mania. He should have done that because seeing him hold two fucking two fucking titles. And keep and still going with it. It was just the worst decision that fucking that fucking Vince has ever done. Even though honestly, you could have probably obviously if it was a good solid year, and then him dropping it at WrestleMania 39, we would have been fine with that. But him, but I understand that it was either you. You have a 50-50 chance. You either have a. Like I said before, either A, have Roman stay champion and go on to become on like the longest reigning champion of all time in the modern era, or B, let Cody finish the story and let him make his father proud. Which honestly, that was the most upsetting shit that we have seen. And I mean the most upsetting shit we have seen at WrestleMania in the main event, man. Because honestly, the bloodline, the, the bloodline feud, honestly, requires him to be champion. He could have he could still be champion with the Universal title because that's the that's the title that he has the longest reign with. No one really cares about the WWE title on his ass. No one besides Cody. And honestly, like I said, once Roman loses this belt because it's already been talked about before by Triple H in the past or it or not in the past maybe sometime early in the year once Roman loses that universal title and the WWE title that universal title is going to get retired like oh god Roman's probably going to be the only, the last person to hold the universal title ever because it's been around since only since 2016 and that was the worst fucking belt that WWE has fucking created with the red with the red strap and the blue strap even though the blue strap has grown on us since it was changed by Bray Wyatt in i think around like 2019 in late 2019 too and i honestly honestly feel like once roman loses the title 
once Roman loses the title to Cody Rhodes, because that's probably his last and ever final opponent going probably on either SummerSlam or pushing the shit the next year, that universal title will be fucking retired because... It does need to be. It does not need to be in WWE no more. Now that we got the new World Heavyweight Championship title belt, because honestly, once that Universal title belt is gone, the WWE is going to be now that is going to be again the the you know the 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 first you know the the you know the first title because the Universal title was a secondary title because they retired they retired the the Heavyweight Championship belt because they wanted something new and fresh. Even though the Universal title was a good concept, just the belt strap was just garbage. Oh, God. They they could have made the Universal title the, a black fucking belt, honestly. Just have the red in the middle and just have the black stripe, the, the black strap belt. Honestly, that would have been way better than just all, all red fucking cherry apple belt. Like, oh, God, man. Like, oh, gosh. That was so bad when that was first fucking released. But I'm just saying, like, you got it. You also got to remember, man. When it comes to that shit, um, it's a literally about protecting Roman because this man was the number one top guy for only three years now. He was basically Vince said, "Yo, Roman is the next head like guy to be at the top of the WWE." Even though this man should have been the head of the table since fucking since fucking I think what twenty seventeen. He should have been the head of the table and the tribal chief. He should have been healed since 2017. But nah, they decided to pull him being healed, which was the best decision WWE has fucking made in a long-ass time. And he, they pulled him being, they started being, they, they pulled him as being healed like, yo, you're, you're now becoming a heel in once the Thunderdome is built, which... I'm glad that they fucking did that, but that should have been that should have been happened long ass fucking time ago. And I mean been happened long ass time ago. Like, and you also gotta admit, in in a way, like even though we all wanted Cody to win at WrestleMania, it was it was kind of too soon, bro. It was it was a little bit too soon. I'm I'm probably gonna get a lot of backlash for that, but I know it's gonna be like it was too soon for him to win the title. Cause you got you gotta you gotta admit this, man. You gotta admit this. Even though Cody's white hot, still is white hot, even though he's having a this few with uh with uh, Brock Lesnar, probably with a broken arm going into the Night of Champions. The dude is still white hot. He is still the fan favorite to to beat Roman, even though they're probably pushing this shit to fucking WrestleMania 40, which is probably gonna likely happen. More than ever, because it's, if if it's not gonna happen at SummerSlam, it's probably gonna happen next year. Which probably not, not there's gonna be that's people there's gonna be a lot of less people that's gonna give less a fuck about him winning the title at WrestleMania 40 next year in Philly versus winning it probably at SummerSlam. But you you gotta remember, man. You got you gotta remember, like one, it, it's kind of a little bit too soon to put the you know the undisputed you know championship on Cody. Because even though you you guys probably think that WWE is gonna pass up on an opportunity to have a superstar that has been carrying the fucking WWE on his fucking back since WrestleMania thirty fucking seven, like actually not even 30, not even thirty seven since payback of twenty twenty, man. 
Like, especially with him starting the bloodline, and it's a three-year fucking long story in the making. Like, nah. Nah. They're not going to just give. They're just going to be like, oh, yeah, it's a good run. We just don't want you a champion no more. Nah. They're going to have this man. They're going to have Roman fucking do whatever he can to stay champion for as long as fucking possible. Defend the title less times as possible. Um, not show up to WWE on Raw or SmackDown less time as possible, even though it's on SmackDown as less as less time as possible, but only show up when he feel fucking feels like it. Like, oh god. You you got to you gotta remember that because like if you if you think about it, if the Usos if the Usos lost and Roman lost on the same fucking card, like if the Usos lost at at WrestleMania like they did, and if Roman lost, just think about it. it the the storyline would not be where it is right now. You got to remember, because if, if the Usos retained but Roman lost, the, the, the storyline would have been on a complete different direction. That's why they had to have the Usos lose and Roman retain for a reason. Because, like I said, that's now, now we're getting where Roman's snapping on the fucking Usos and be like, I retain my titles. Why the fuck you can't retain your titles? Huh? I'm the fucking head of the table. I retain my titles. I'm still on the island of relevancy. But y'all could have retained y'all titles against Kevin Owens and Sammy? Like, all that stuff that we see now, now that Roman's going after, you know, the undisputed tag team titles with Solo, with fucking Roman hating the fuck out of the Usos, Roman doesn't want nothing to do with the Usos, and, you know, only he's only, you know, thinking about Solo and how Solo's this and how Solo obeys. It's getting to that point where, like, the bloodline is more fucking popular than ever because Roman still has his titles. Solo is basically the better man between all of his brothers, between Jimmy and Jay. And on top of that, Paul Heyman don't want to do nothing with him. The Solo's about to fucking Samoan spike the shit out of Jimmy and Jay. And Roman obviously doesn't want nothing to do with them either. So if, like I said, if the Usos and Roman lost at WrestleMania, this... All th this other half of the, what we're getting right now with the bloodline, with this storyline, would not fucking exist. It would not exist. Honestly, in my mind, they literally have made the right decision of having Roman retain. Because Roman's harsh treatment towards the Usos for losing was fucking necessary for the breakdown. Because that's when we see the crumbling, the fucking small cracks going in into the fucking bloodline. Like, but, like, if you got, you got to remember, if Roman lost, if Roman literally lost against Cody, like, what direction would Roman and the Usos and the whole entire bloodline be? Like, you got to remember, you got to remember this. You literally got to remember this. So, even though I say it, it's bad that, you got to remember this, even though it's bad that people's like, oh, yeah, like, even myself, I feel like Cody should have won. Now thinking about all this that I'm saying, I am so glad that they had Roman retain for all the right reasons. Because one, he's trying to—he's one Roman solidify himself as 
probably be on the best of all time with Hulk Hogan and 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 basically all the greats. And on top of that, number two, which is another main point, the breakdown of the bloodline. Because once this entire storyline is done, when it gets to that point after Roman is reached a thousand days and longer with the with the universal title and becoming like, you know, probably almost a three year undisputed universal champion, we're gonna look back and be like, yo, the bloodline was one of the best storylines of all time in a long fucking time. And honestly, I give praise to WWE right now with what they're doing. Even though people saying, oh, the bloodline's this, the bloodline's that, the bloodline's boring, this story doesn't, it has no hype to it no more. Bruh, all those people and all those people right now that says the bloodline is fucking garbage and the bloodline storyline is gone, bruh, watch you make that fucking mistake and be like, bruh, I should have been like, yo, the bloodline is probably the best storyline, man, that I've ever seen. And watch everybody just twist and be like, shit, man, I missed the Bloodline storyline. And honestly, I, I'm going to, literally, I, I clap it up the fucking, the fucking Triple H right now with the booking with the Bloodline because it could have never gone any much better than this right now. So honestly, I'm just happy to see what they're going to do with the, you know, with all the, uh, the storyline and with Roman and the Usos and Solo and. We're going to see what happens later on, even going down the line, especially at Night of Champions this Saturday. So I'm going to have my head high, and I'm and I'm looking forward to what's going to happen later on on SmackDown and these upcoming months going like forward with the bloodline. All right. Now, tying it up with this next topic that Cody Rhodes will probably going to finish the story at WrestleMania 40. And honestly, it's looking to be that way. I know a lot of people's not looking forward for him to, you know, finishing the story at WrestleMania 40, like I said in the last topic. But it's gonna, it's gonna probably be that way. You, you gotta actually admit that because, honestly, just thinking about at the Royal Rumble, even though that was the, that was a good time of him winning the Royal Rumble and like, like the story for him finishing the story, him confronting Roman Reigns. Honestly, that was a way to be like, all right, Cody, you're back. You reinvented yourself, but we're not going to place the title on you just yet. Like, that's what Triple H did. Like, I love you, Triple H. Like, like Cody's like, or Triple H is in his mind. Like, I respect you. I love you, Cody. I like that you reinvented yourself. I like that you went across all these different promotions and actually reinvent yourself like they did with Drew McIntyre. Because if you think about it, if you think about it, because they did the same thing with Drew McIntyre, except that Drew McIntyre won when it was necessary. And like, if we take if we take a look back, comparing to Cody Rhodes and how whatever he's going through, like what he's going through right now, especially with the whole Brock Lesnar situation and Night of Champions situation, him probably having a broken arm and shit. Like, let's take a look at like Drew McIntyre. So Drew McIntyre got you know punished. I mean, a hella hard like. He was supposed to be the top guy. He was brought, brought in by Vince McMahon. He was the Intercontinental Champion. And then he had some allegations with, I think, Kelly Kelly, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, with a diva. And she got fired. Then they basically just gave him shitty match after shitty match and had him lose every single match for fucking two years. Then they put him as an ultimate jobber, being, him, being uh, in the 3MB with fucking Jinder Mahal before... How Jinder Mahal looks now, swole as hell. 
and fucking a retired and fired. I won't say more like not retired, more like a fired fucking Heath Slater. So, and after that, he left. He got fired. He got let go of the company, reinvented himself, and then came back in uh, came out of WWE 2017 and reinvented himself and won the NXT Championship. And from then is when I started liking Drew McIntyre again. Because Drew McIntyre, when he first came in, he was like, eh, he was all right, in my opinion. And then when he came back in 2017 to NXT and reinvented himself and became NXT champion, that's when I liked him. That's why I started liking him, like, for real, for real, like, heavily. And then he moved on after he lost. I think he lost the NXT title to Andrade. I think it was. I'm not remember. I don't remember at the time. And then after a while, he got called up to the main roster, then was put in the... uh, and then he had the Raw Tag Team Championships with Dolph Ziggler, I believe. And then had a match later on, I think, 20, 29, I think a couple years later, 2019, um, with Roman Reigns. Obviously, Roman Reigns beat Drew McIntyre at that point. And then, obviously, after a while, Drew McIntyre just became loved by everybody. I mean, loved, like hella loved by everybody. Then he won the 2020 Raw Rumble. And then he was super over. I mean, super fucking over with the crowd. And then he challenged WWE. He he obviously he eliminated Brock Lesnar. And then after he eliminated Brock Lesnar, he won the Royal Rumble. And then he after the night after Royal Rumble, he said, "I'm going to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship at at WrestleMania." And obviously, COVID happened, and then that that basically fucking sucked and shit. And you know. But he still became WWE champion in the Performance Center with no crowd, even though he deserves to become champion still. Uh, for a fact, with the crowd, um, and then he basically held down the entire fucking Performance Center errors and uh, and fucking Thunderdome error, and had fucking matches with Randy Orton and Bobby Lashley and you know, and all these fucking amazing fucking wrestlers and shit, and defending his his uh, fucking title in the Elimination Chamber, and that that was just fire as hell. And that was just fucking hella good and everything. And beat, it, and beat Goldberg as well, too, and pff, shit. That was just an amazing fucking era for Drew McIntyre. So, like, thinking about that, at that time, that was the guy. That was a guy to be pushed to the moon by Vince, by WWE, by fucking Triple H as well, too, a little bit of Triple H, and pushing this man to the moon. And now... Cody Rhodes is back into the picture, right? Cody Rhodes is back to the picture. Now, since he's been back to the picture, he's, you know, and came back at 2022 um, WrestleMania, WrestleMania 38, uh, wrestled Rollins, wrestled Rollins, had three matches with Rollins, one at WrestleMania 38, one at Backlash, and then obviously wrestled Seth Rollins in his last match after being away for a for like a, almost a fucking solid year after getting a torn pick, torn pick by Rollins and performed in the Hell in a Cell match with Rollins with a torn pick, which is still fucking impressive to me to this fucking day. And then came back, won the Royal Rumble and faced Roman and lost to Roman at WrestleMania 39 couple like a couple months ago. Or not even, maybe like a little, probably probably almost like two months ago. And people was like, yo, like, they're pissed. I was pissed, not gonna lie. 
I was I was pissed as fuck when he lost to Roman, but at the same time, it was fucking necessary for him to lose to Roman. Like you you gotta this is something that people and like myself probably needs to think about because even though this man Cody was white fucking hot, still is right now, he he needed to lose at fucking he needed to lose at WrestleMania to wake his ass up, honestly. Because Honestly, like I said, with him making his return at WrestleMania 38 and having a fucking comeback of a fucking century or a fucking year coming back and him losing and coming up short in SoFi Stadium at WrestleMania 39, like, this is now like Cody Rhodes is on his redemption run to go to get it back in blood and go against Roman and beat him for both titles. And obviously drop the universal title and become just WWE champion. And like you you gotta admit, like, Cody did everything in his power, bro. After he got let go, uh, or after he left WWE in 2016, because the whole stupid ass started stardust gimmick, like this man literally did everything, and I mean everything to revamp himself. He went to New Japan Pro Wrestling, he went to Impact. He went to Ring of Honor, and he fucking did, and he created AEW with Tony Khan, and then left, because he's like, you know what? As much as I love AEW, as much as I love creating this new fucking, uh, this new fucking company with a lot of people that love wrestling, I gotta go back to where my heart is desired, and he came, he went back to WWE, and he went back to WWE to get the only one thing that he really cared about, something that his father couldn't, which was the WWE Championship. And obviously, him being one of the biggest stars of the company, well, since his fucking return, obviously, him winning the 2023 Royal Rumble was the biggest pop of all fucking time, even though because we knew his ass was going to win the Royal fucking Rumble in 2023 because it was goddamn set up that way. And then obviously now, with you know him coming up short to, uh, to Roman Reigns, and coming up a little bit short, a little bit short, it sucked, but it's kind of necessary for his comeback story of how, like, yo, how I fought all these people to get to where you at, Roman. Because, one, I need that title. I desire that title. I completely need to earn my shot for that title. And, obviously, now, you know, obviously, ever since Mania... He did face Brock at Backlash. He beat Brock at Backlash. And now, you know, they're having their probably their second and probably last rematch for between their a little rivalry that they have at Night of Champions. And you 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 gotta you gotta like think about this. Like this is Obviously, like I said before, the entire story is just like John Cena's story. The entire fucking story is John Cena. Obviously, compare, like I said, comparing to also um, like Drew McIntyre and fucking um, a, b- more with John and a little bit of Drew McIntyre because John, what happened? Lost against, um, obviously lost against The Rock. That was supposed to be his downfall. Kept losing until he faced Brock. He beat Brock at Extreme Rules, I think, in 2012. And then after that, um, he had his comeback. And, you know, after he beat Brock, he 
he faced The Rock again and beat him for the WWE Championship. So if you think about it, like what makes sense with him or with them rebuilding the entire match for like with Romans versus Rhodes, like he can have his small fuse like with Lesnar, which he is doing now. You can run it back with a little bit of Finn Balor. You can probably do another incredible, you know, robbery with Seth Rollins. Like there's so much shit you can do with fucking with Cody right now because he has so much be like he has so much fucking like history with a lot of wrestlers in the ring. Like, and honestly, it, it, it's kind of hard to see how Rhodes would get to like to like to Roman before SummerSlam. Like, due to the due to the fact that obviously Roman was still was drafted to the SmackDown still and you know, with Cody still being on Raw, it got confusing at that time, but it made fucking sense. So the only way for Rhodes and for, for only for Cody to get another shot is for him to become back-to-back, a back-to-back Royal Rumble winner. That's the only way. The only way for him to, to literally get his redemption back is either A, it's either a, it's either two things, two things for him to fucking get a shot at Roman. It's either A, win the Royal Rumble, or B, win the Elimination Chamber. That's the only way that shit's gonna happen. The only way. And if he win, if he if he wins the Royal Rumble, then he doesn't have to deal with the Elimination Chamber. So he so all he has to do is win the Royal Rumble again for him to go and go against Roman and beat Roman for both titles. Or if he loses in the, or if he gets eliminated in the Royal Rumble, the the only next option he has left is to go on the Elimination Chamber and qualify that way to be the number, to be the number one contender for Roman Reigns' undisputed Universal Championship and have him beat Roman that way. So it's only, there's only two options that he can do. But the most reasonable option is Cody becoming a two-time Royal Rumble winner back-to-back years, which it can be done, obviously. It can be done. Obviously, some wrestlers, obviously, there's some wrestlers that, you know, was obviously once a Royal Rumble uh, winner, and then years, and I mean years upon years later, they were a Royal Rumble winner again. So, I... Like will I will I say it's necessary for for Cody to become a two time Royal Rumble winner back to back years? Yes, it's possible. Which should it happen? Um, honestly, the way it's going right now, that's the only option that he has besides the Elimination Chamber qualifying match. That that's honestly that's all I really have because as much as Cody should have won at WrestleMania, it was necessary for Roman and the Bloodline. It made sense for the Roman and Roman and the bloodline because of why the Usos. That's the only reason why it made sense. The Usos, the downfall of the bloodline, Roman Reigns hitting a thousand reigns, the solo probably potentially turning on Roman, plus everybody else, including Paul Heyman, turning on Roman. The Usos already hating the fuck out of Roman right now, like, and probably kissing their ass and kissing, well, basically, they, them kissing his ass. And that that's like as as much as I obviously the the 
as much as I hate Cody losing, it was necessary for that storyline to go on. It was necessary for that. But now that's why they have Cody trying to make his redemption, trying to become a two, probably becoming a two-time Royal Rumble winner, back-to-back winners one year and one the next year, and then having face Roman again for the undisputed WWE Universe Championship. And honestly, it, it he if we if we're thinking about it, you know what they should have probably done from the start. They should have had him come back, not be in the Royal Rumble like this past early this year, and just have him do match after match after rivalry after rivalry. Do Seth Rollins, Brock, how they're doing now? Probably a little bit of Finn Balor, and probably just have him beat everybody. And I mean every single person, probably except for maybe Gunther, maybe Austin Theory, and that's it. Because you're not beating Gunther, and plus you're probably not even beating cocky fucking Austin Theory. Even though fucking Cody Rhodes can be Austin Theory and probably take his title. But honestly, they should like build him back. Like they should have probably just have him like participate in the Royal Rumble, but get eliminated. And um just have him go from there and then have probably have someone else win the Royal Rumble and lose to Roman and have them lose to Roman. But honestly, him win the Royal Rumble was a good thing. Yes. Him losing 50-50. 50-50 because of the whole bloodline deal. But like I said, even though this is going to be the most hated shit right now that I'm going to be talking about, I'm probably going to be bashed for this shit. Cody's... Cody's gonna win the title at WrestleMania 40. I don't. It doesn't matter what you fucking say. People say, "Yo, if he's like, if he's gonna win that fucking summer, if he's not gonna win at SummerSlam, I'm stop. I'm gonna stop watching WWE." And I don't blame you. I don't blame you for for stop watching WWE if he doesn't win at SummerSlam or if he's not in the match to go against Roman at SummerSlam, which is understandable. I understand that, but at the same time, it's for bloodline purposes and it's for Cody's purposes to build back. How white hot his character is. That's all it is. You can hate me on this. You can agree with me. You can hate this on me on this. But honestly, that's that's the way it's looking out to me right now. And honestly, after a while, that's what's gonna. Even though the fans are gonna hate him after a while because you know that's he's he's not where he should be. But honestly, it, it's WWE at this point, man. We we all we all know how WWE is. So I'm, I'm just letting y'all know. I'm just, I'm just I'm just saying the facts. I'm just literally stating the facts. That is it. So, next topic to talk about is, honestly, since, you know, obviously, no one can beat Ric Flair's title. Not yet. And, honestly, there's only two people in my mind that can beat Ric Flair's title. And is John Cena, the greatest babyface of all time, or Ric Flair's daughter. Charlotte Flair, because Cena right now is tied with the most championships with Ric Flair, and his daughter Charlotte Flair is a 14-time women's champion. Now, my question and my opinion is, well, well basically my question is, who should break Rick's, uh, Ric Flair's record first, his own daughter Charlotte or the 16-timed world champion John Cena. And this is a hard one. This is literally a hard one because Charlotte is literally two championships away to being tied with his with her father 
and the greatest of all time, John Cena. Just two more titles, and he she is tied with John and her father. And honestly, it is mixed emotions with this because a lot of people say, like, Charlotte Flair is probably gonna be the one to beat her father's record. But a lot of people want John Cena to beat his to beat his record, which is understandable because you know John has done it all, and I mean he has done it all except for win the the Intercontinental Championship. This man's a five-time United States champion. He is a sixteen-time World Heavyweight Champion or World Champion. He is Mister Money in the Bank. He is a Royal Rumble winner. He is the most loved WWE wrestler of all time. Doesn't matter if you Super Cena. Or fucking or like Ruthless Aggression Cena or Thugonomic Cena. No matter what version of Cena you fucking like, Cena's going to go down as one of the best fucking wrestlers in fucking history of the modern era. Of the Ruthless Aggression going into the modern era. Like, oh God. And I love Charlotte. Don't get me wrong. Even though people said like, yo, Charlotte was handed all her titles. Like, but you, you got to remember at the time on the women's division on both. NXT and main roster, but mostly the main roster. There are only four people, four women carrying the WWE on their back. That was the four horsewomen. Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and and Bailey. That was the only four women carrying the women's division at that time. Not like how it is before, even though the women's division is now getting worse by the minute. But at that time... The women was at their peak, and I mean the peak of their wrestling careers. Charlotte, the titles was always getting flip flop between obviously Charlotte, and it was getting flip flop between Charlotte, Becky, Sasha, and Bailey. That's the four women that was getting flip flop with the titles, and were between SmackDown and Raw, and like Charlotte is. Obviously, the queen for the reason. She's a queen for the reason. Obviously, following in her father's footsteps, obviously, with all the accomplishments that she did, like, she's she was, like, the diva champion before they switched to the Raw Women's Champion Championship. Like, she's a one-time, like, think of, like, she's a one-time diva champion. She is a two-time, like, NXT champion. Obviously, when she, when they hold the first NXT women's title, and then, you know, the the new version, but well, the black and gold NXT women's title before they changed into, like, the 2.0 NXT women's title. Then she's a six-time Raw Women's Champion, and her becoming the first ever Raw Women's Champion. And then we have her being the seven-time SmackDown Women's Champion, her becoming the SmackDown Women's Champion, or a seven-time SmackDown Women's Champion, because one... She became SmackDown. She became seven-time SmackDown Women's Champion because we all hated fucking Ronda Rousey. We still do. We obviously still do. Her as the fucking SmackDown Women's Champion was just god awful. We just needed someone to take that title off of her, which was Charlotte Flair, which I like when they revamped her fucking music. Her music is different. Wardrobe's different. Everything about her was different when she came back, and I love that everything about Charlotte when she came back. And even though it was like a short reign and everything, and her having the one of the best matches of all of all her fucking career matches of all time on the women's roster with Rhea Ripley. Obviously her losing the title to Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania 39 was the best fucking title exchange 
or best fucking match of all time for the women, like real talk. And then her becoming a one-time women's tag team champion with Asuka that only lasted maybe like a good month and a half. But that, and then that's it. But like she is literally one of the top, top, top women in WWE of the modern era. Like, oh God. Besides Bailey, besides Becky, besides fucking shitty ass Rhonda, besides, you know, you know, former women's champion, like WWE champion, uh, women's WWE champion, um, Mercedes Monet, like Charlotte is at the top of her game. Obviously, with John Cena out of the picture, him probably becoming retired sooner or later, and everybody saying, "Yo, John needs to come back to win," you know, the World Heavyweight Championship, so he can beat, um, so he can beat Ric Flair. But honestly, it's it's a hard one because, like I said, Charlotte Flair is not that off from being tied with her father and John Cena, and John Cena's only one championship off to be becoming, you know, the person with the most world titles. NWE history. History. And honestly, because even though I would want John Cena to become a 17-time world champion, his body is just not there anymore. As much as I love John with a fucking passion, as much as I love him with a passion, his his, his body is saying, "Uh uh-uh, I can't do this shit no more. I can't. As much as you want me to, as much as you want to push me, bro, as much as you want to push me, my body said nah, nah, and and it's gonna suck because if obviously if if Cena can't do it, it's gonna have to be Charlotte because it's looking more that way because I don't think Cena can really put, take any more pressure on his entire body anymore because we you saw his match at fucking WrestleMania thirty nine that shit was atrocious. That kickoff match for the United States Championship against Austin Theory, that shit was goddamn awful. That shit was garbage. Like, you could tell that his body was just not there no more. Even though this man is in shape, this man's lean, like, his his physique is phenomenal. Like, you can tell that his, his body is just giving out of him slowly but surely. And, like, even though I loved... Even though I still love John Cena this day, you gotta give credit where credit due is with Charlotte Flair. I mean, yes, she like obviously that was her goal since day one to be beat her father's record to become the person in her family with the most world championships, like more than her father. Like, but you also gotta admit that let's you also gotta think, bro. She's not she just hasn't been handed every fucking title. She worked. Hard to get every fucking title. I mean, yes, she had the most opportunities in the women's division, but she was like the person in the women's division that was carrying the women's division. Carrying besides Becky, Mercedes Monet, and Bailey. Charlotte Flair was the top woman of the, of, or it still is the top woman or the top woman of the women's division carrying the WWE for all the women. Like, real talk. Like, you got to remember that because, like, even though people said I'm against it, I don't want to see Charlotte beat her father's record. I want to see John Cena. 
it's going to be more like Charlotte Flair is going to be the one dethroning her father. Because like I said, John Cena's body is just not up to it no more. As, as, much you can, as much as you can say that, you know, she she doesn't deserve it. Like, you know, I don't want to see her become a 17-time world champion. It's going to happen re- regardless where you like it or goddamn not. It's going to fucking happen. Because, obviously, whenever this happens, obviously, whenever Rick, you know, uh, not Rick, but Charlotte Ferris surpasses her father, obviously, Rick Flair and John Cena, John Cena will commend her for passing and becoming the first person in WWE history to get 17, to become a 17-time world champion. And I'm all here for it. And I definitely will give her props for props is due. I'm I'm definitely giving that, bro, because like she was, you gotta think about it. Like she was handpicked from NXT, bro. Ever since, <clears throat> ever since she won the NXT Women's Title, she was handpicked from WWE, from Triple H herself, that she was gonna be a major star on the main event scene. And look what happened, bro. Like I said, Divas Champion became Raw Women's Champion. Seven-time SmackDown Women's Champion, like six-time Raw Women's Champion, two-time NXT Champion, and World Tag Women's Tag Team Champion. She's 14, 14 World Championships, bro. 14. Just give her maybe a good three to five years, and she's going to pass her father. Give her like another three to five years, and she's going to surpass her father. And all you haters saying that, oh, she doesn't deserve it, bruh. She doesn't deserve it. Like, she's so, like, no, her reigns are so fucking bad. Like, bruh, as much shit you can talk to Charlotte Flair about, bruh, you can't talk shit when she becomes a 17-time world champion, bruh. Because all, at this point, all you can say is, like, you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. That's what everybody's going to cheer. And honestly, that's what I'm going to cheer, too, because she does deserve it. Even though I want John Cena to beat Ric Flair, like body wise, he's just not up to it. Charlotte Flair is probably the most is more healthier than John Cena at this very moment when it comes to wrestling. John Cena has been doing this since Ruth Aggression era, since Kurt Angle was in his prime. Obviously, when you know, you know, fucking Kane, Triple H, Undertaker, all these people, Brock Lesnar, and everybody like that. Like Randy, young Randy Orton, she's been doing this probably since like, like early two thousands, man, early early two thousands. So his body is not where he's at right now. But honestly, to answer my question, who is more likely to beat Ric Flair's sixteen time world championship reign? His own daughter, Charlotte Charlotte Flair. His own freaking daughter, Charlotte Flair. I don't care what you say, but I stand by that a hundred percent. All right, so the last topic that i talking about for this podcast, obviously, like I said, with Night of Champions being this Saturday in the afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and one of the matches is going to be Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles, two of one, two of the biggest baby faces, one on one on SmackDown. The other one on Raw, and fighting for the new World Heavyweight Championship, 
And like I said, these are both two competitors that have haven't been in the world title scene for for years now. Seth Rollins since 2019, AJ Styles from maybe 20 since like 2016 to 20 towards 2017. It's one of those two years. And like honestly, it it's more likely 27 and 2017 honestly, but and honestly between these two even though as much as I want AJ Styles to win this title match, Seth Rollins deserves it a lot more. And I mean a lot more. He's like the fan favorite to win this match. Like, oh, God, he is the fan favorite to win this match. Because, like, you you got to remember, like, Seth Rollins and AJ Styles uh, will not only be remembered, like, heavily, but... They are basically two of the greatest talents right now in WWE. And both of them, without a doubt, are future Hall of Famers. Honestly, basically, they're both great wrestlers to the point they can take like an average match, like maybe like a good three-star match, and turn it into a five-star match. Like, oh, God. Because, one... It is like a good match into a great one, and then a great match into to maybe like the best match on the card or all time classic that people will remember for years and years to come. And plus, when it comes to wrestling, they both know how to make their opponents look even better than they are. So basically, they can be like, "Oh, say for example, you got to put over like a uh, like a new star that people is gonna love like years to come." They can do it. You need them to, you know like have like a great championship match, there's your guy. If you need them to maybe do like a good rivalry with somebody, they're them to your guy. And honestly, I give both the credit to Seth Rollins and AJ Styles because they have been doing fantastic shit since they have been in the WWE. Ever since when AJ Styles was making himself known on the independent scene in the indie scene and then coming to debut uh in WWE at the Royal Rumble was phenomenal. And then Seth Rollins being in NXT since 2012, being the first NXT champion, and then obviously again, and then, you know, doing the heist of the year in 2015. I forgot what WrestleMania is, but uh, obviously the WrestleMania went, uh, obviously was Roman versus Brock Lesnar doing the heist of the year cashing in his money in the bank briefcase on, you know, you know, for the WWE championship, pinning and like stomping and pinning Roman Reigns to become the new WWE champion. Chef's kiss. Best heist of the year. Best money in the bank briefcase cashing of all fucking time. And you're basically looking at two masterpieces painted on a bright white canvas and I oh my gosh I could not say it better myself obviously like I said WWE has a per is this is like a perfect WWE match because you can't really go wrong with either man as much as I love AJ Styles Seth Rollins is definitely the man to do it like I said you cannot go wrong with either AJ Styles or Seth Rollins becoming the new world heavyweight champion to represent Raw on God and literally, ever since they made that, you know, decision to put, to 
to put both world titles on Roman Reigns, the Universal and the WWE Championship, and having the and having Raw lack like a world champion is hurt Raw completely. Obviously, they stuck with Roman becoming a on like an a thousand day reign, which is good for him, which is good for the history of Raw, all that type of stuff. But you know, after a while, fans was. Fan, like WWE fans around the world, like around the US, around each part of the country was just not pleased because like, bro, yes, you have Roman here up to going to a thousand days reign with the universal title and the WWE title, become the undisputed WWE champion. People that either one, we wanted or two, we just didn't feel like we needed at all, but it was made because that's WWE fucking for you because it was Vince's stupid ass booking at the time. And obviously, from both USA and Fox, they they did not want this shit. After a while, it was good. It was good for maybe a couple months, and then after a while, it just got stale with him being double champion. Obviously, the only thing that's carrying it is obviously the bloodline, but we're not here to talk about the bloodline and all that stuff right now. But the problem is because there was since there was no champion on Raw because he had both titles on SmackDown, it ended up to be like the United States champion being like the top championship for Raw, which was just, it was it was way too much for Raw to handle. So that's why Triple H said, you know what? I'm doing a tournament. Here's here's a new World Heavyweight Champion championship belt, and I'm going to draw a tournament. And now we have, now we have, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins for the new World Heavyweight Championship. And even though it was it sucked that Cody was in fact the favorite to win this match, even though he was supposed to win this match, but they decided to have Roman, you know, say, fuck it, I'ma stay as champion. And even though that was supposed to happen, nah. Like it it just hurted Raw a lot more. It did. It hurt. It hurt Raw. I mean, a lot fucking more. And I'm, I'm literally bringing the world heavyweight title, doing this tournament. It was the best thing for WWE to do. The best thing for WWE too. Because until, until Roman Reigns drops both Universal and WWE title, he's gonna stay top. He's gonna be champion for a good fucking long time. Until someone can beat him, like Cody Rhodes, or who knows, maybe. Jay Uso, we we don't know at this point, but I will I will say this: the reason the, the reason why Seth Rollins is the right guy to win, even though there's no wrong choice between Seth or AJ, you got you you got to know, like you know, it is a brilliant. It is like a base. It's a really great move to do because, um, obviously the, the like. They use the capital of the like the talent brands that built over the years to to show that this new title is one of like the biggest deal because obviously in 2013 the world heavyweight cha- the world heavyweight title was retired and that's why after a while that's when that's why they unified the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship into the new WWE Championship and that was like you know the main title for. Three, I think, yeah, it was, that was the main title for three years. So 2016 hopped around, and we're like, you know what? We need a world heavyweight champion because one, Brock Lesnar was world heavyweight champion at you know at the time, and with him having the world heavyweight championship, they were like, yo, we need 
a new title. That's when a universal title came around. And after a while, and after a while, you know, it bounced around and Seth Rollins became universal champion. You know, not the first universal champion, but he became universal champion after a while, became a two-time universal champion. And then after that, you know, once Roman had it, shit went downhill. And I completely understand why they had to make this move to make a new world heavyweight title. I understand completely. Because, like, in this new title is, like, a big deal. And you also got to think about it. It, you know, like, this is, like, you know, this is, like, you can't really think about it as, like, a title, like, a, a you can't beat Roman title. Because I don't want it to be a you, you can't beat Roman title. Because as much as people love it, people's going to be like, yo, they only made this title because it's a you can't beat Roman title. Like, real talk. Like, and you you got to remember, man. You you honestly got to remember. Like, Seth basically beat Roman. He did. And this was at the Royal Rumble. At 2022 Royal Rumble, he beat Roman, but in a DQ. And he was obviously Roman still retained because it was a DQ. And honestly, with that happening, obviously, Seth Rollins at that time could have been world champion. He could have been the new universal champion. But since all you know, since they're running it back because of the whole shit with uh Seth betraying the shield and betraying John Moxley and him and Roman Reigns in that in that particular time, obviously that's why it was DQ that he could have been world champion, but which is, is understandable. And you also got to think about on the like with AJ Styles, even though, you know, with AJ Styles coming back from a big, serious injury at his age, like, right, even though I would like to see AJ Styles as the champion, it's not really, in, in my mind, it's like, yes, I would love him as a champion because we haven't seen him champion for a long time, but at the, at a different aspect of things, like, he doesn't really need this title to be like, all right, bro, I'm, you know, I need to elevate myself with this title. Like, he can add prestige to a new title and have, like, you know, new feuds that we probably haven't seen, you know, in a minute with him. You, you could pro We can probably run it back with, you know, Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the new world heavy for the, you know, for the uh, world heavyweight championship. We can do Seth if if AJ won. We could probably do Seth versus um, AJ. You can do you know Bobby Lashley versus AJ. There's so much matches you can do. Like, but he doesn't really need it, honestly, in in that certain way. Because if you if you think about it, Seth, you know, you gotta admit, like, you you gotta think about Seth is on Raw, AJ. Is on SmackDown. So if AJ, if AJ would have won, that means that just like his, you know, the just how he won the WWE title against Jinder Mahal on SmackDown, that basically means one, he would have basically broken away from the OC or from away from the club stable, and then or they would have they would basically have him go to Raw. And then they would probably have to get some people from Raw and just put them on the SmackDown to basically to, you know, to fill in that, you know, a big time pick like that from SmackDown. And 
in a way, just, you know, for AJ Styles to win that world heavyweight title, just to be like, okay, we're going to just put on some some mediocre, you know, draft picks from Ron, just put them on a SmackDown to fill in, you know, a big time, you know, you know, big time wrestler like AJ Styles. It really, really be a good move for the brand split. And then after a while, SmackDown would probably, the only good people that would be on SmackDown is basically the Usos. Um, the Usos, Roman, Solo, and maybe like Montez Ford and the Street Profits. And basically that's it, if you think about it. So everybody, every, like, because Raw would basically have a roster filled with the fucking best superstars you can think about, man. And, and, it would have. I'm. I'm just saying, like, without AJ Styles, the entire SmackDown wouldn't be right. Because the only top, the only top guy that you, the only top guy you probably, you will only, you know, that would be lifting up SmackDown would be Roman, and the entire Bloodline, and that's it. Like Bobby Lashley, yes. Rey Mysterio, yes. But they're not as big as obviously AJ. Or Roman, or you know the rest of the, the big top guys that's been champion in the past, and obviously you also got to remember that Seth Rollins was the chosen one to begin with. Like I said, he won the NXT. He won. He became the first NXT champion in 2012. He was the top guy from the very beginning of his fucking WWE career. Like I said, he was the first world champion. That basically the Triple H crowned in like as WWE creative, as the same crown to be the same guy to be crowned NXT champion. And then there's at one point that when the last undisputed WWE champion was, that Brock Lesnar at one point was supposed to be an S, like a SmackDown fucking exclusive talent. But then obviously. That shit happened backstage, and then he just said, no, fuck it, we're going to put him on a row. And that shit happened. So, and and now you have, like, the back and forth between, you know, like, you know, with fucking, you know, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar and all this other fucking BS and shit. And... That's why they pushed him to the moon. That's why Seth Rollins was pushed to the moon from the beginning. Like I said, first NXT champion, he was in the tournament to become the, you know, to and face Finn Balor to become the first universal champion. Obviously, he lost that match, and obviously he injured Finn Balor, and um, obviously Finn Balor became the first universal champion. Did the height he became Mr. Money in the Bank. He he also um, like I said, he also at the heist of the year. Um, and then we, you know, we got matches like him being the WWE champion again. We got him Dean like uh John Moxley versus uh Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns in a triple threat match at Battleground for the World Heavyweight title, and that was fire. And you know, after a while we've seen him as you know the big baby face of the company, him being a two-time universal champion. Um, then we've seen him being the architect and then, you know, Monday night Messiah. And now we see him as Seth freaking Rollins And each and every time we've seen Seth Rollins from where he was at the shield with the biggest faction of all time to one of like 
the most creative fucking stars of right now, the modern generation. Like he's just he's just been elevating every single step of the way, every single time. The man has been doing better in the ring, better on the mic. He has proven himself why he should he deserves to be the top guy, the most favorable guy of the company. And now with the world heavyweight championship on the line, the new world heavyweight championship on the line, Seth Rollins is just the better guy in this, you know, in the in my opinion, as much as I love AJ Styles and everything, as much as I love what he brings to the table, him, you know, being former WWE champion, him being the former, like a former tag team champion, former intercontinental champion, a former, um, basically a Grand Slam champion, everything. He's, he's basically done it all in WWE. I think besides him winning Money in the Bank, that's it. Everything else, he's a... Everything else he's won, and I give him props for props too. I love AJ Styles. AJ Styles is a very entertaining, a very loved wrestler from all people from all over the world, especially the Indian scene, indie scene, because he was big in the indie scene. And like I said, this match can go 50-50. 50-50. AJ Styles can win this, or Seth Rollins can, can win this. And I'm and I'm down with either one, but honestly. Between the two, Seth Rollins deserves this more than AJ Styles, like 100%. And I go by that, man. As much as I, like I said, as much as I love AJ, as much as I love Seth, as much as I love what they both bring to WWE, what they have brought to WWE over the years, Seth Rollins is the biggest, the bigger man to win this title. Oh, God. And I'm standing by that till Night of Champions. And if Seth Rollins wins, bro, I'm, I'm a yell, I'm a yell like crazy. I'm gonna be have, probably losing my voice if like whenever Seth Rollins wins this title, man. Like he deserves this. Or like I said, they could pull out a bull and give it to AJ Styles. Either way, it's just like a fan favorite 50-50 match, man. But at the end of the day, Seth Rollins is gonna take the cake. Seth Rollins is gonna take the W, and he's gonna come out on top as the new world heavyweight champion. But that's it for today's episode, y'all. Thank you for everybody to tune in, listening, vibe with me, and chilling with me. And like I said, Night of Champions is just around the corner. We are a couple of days away from Night of Champions being in Saudi Arabia. And I'm hyped and excited, and I'm looking forward to it. And I can't wait for the triple main event matches, Cody Rhodes with Brock, undisputed tag team titles, and the World Heavyweight Championship. I am, I am literally... Head over heels for this pay-per-view. I'm excited. I'm going to be lit. And obviously, you know, I'm going to be talking about Night of Champions when it's done. Giving everything what I feel like, what I didn't like. And obviously, this this is going to be safe for the weekend. And obviously, then, like, all this stuff, all this Night of Champions stuff is going to be safe for the weekend. But hope everybody has a great rest of the week. It's your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess. You can follow me across all social medias, Organized Mess on my YouTube channel. Shit growing, and I'm grateful for everybody that subscribes to it, all the views that I get, all the people that commented and like my stuff, and, you know, it just supports me, and I can't thank you enough. And, you know, like it's still growing, slowly growing, but I'm trusting the process, and I love each and every one of y'all that tunes in every single week. and listens to my videos and fucks with my videos and I can't thank you enough for y'all real talk. I love y'all to death. And also follow my 
obviously my regular YouTube page, Antoine TV2. You can also follow me across all social medias, Antoine TV2, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, all that type of stuff. So, like I said, I hope everybody has a great night, great rest of your week. Be breezy, y'all, and stay safe out there.